This is exactly right. Hi, I'm Erin Welsh. And I'm Erin Almond Updike, and we're the hosts of This Podcast Will Kill You on Exactly Right. We're back with our seventh season, which is bigger and better than ever. Because guess what? We're now a weekly show. This season, we're tackling everything from long COVID to norovirus, from the supplement industry to IVF, and so, so much more. New episodes drop every single Tuesday. Follow This Podcast Will Kill You wherever you get your podcasts. <laughs> are you leaving or are you on your way back home? Either way, we want to be there. Doesn't matter how much baggage you claim. Give us a time and date. Terminal and gate. We want to send you off in style. We want to welcome you back home. Tell us all about it. Were you scared or was it fine? Welcome to Do You Need a Ride? This is Chris Fairbanks. And this is Karen Kilgariff. Hello, Karen, my friend. Hi, how are you? I'm good. I uh, I just put the bumper back on my car. What? <laughs> Did it fall off? Well, back when you had a Honda, I don't know if towards the end, one of the reasons you wanted to get a new car is because your the lenses of your headlights were gray and yellowing, and yes. they get cloudy, like an old cataract eye so uh, i ordered fisherman yeah yes. like an old salty sea eye <laughs> and i ordered new headlights just on amazon i looked at my car and there's brand new headlights and they were a hundred and something dollars so i ordered them and to put them in so it's the bulbs and everything and then in, in one piece of plastic encased in one you have to take off the bumper you have to take off the grill you have to take you need tools. I had to jack it up. I had to <laughs> buy all these little plastic, but I saved thousands of dollars. It did just, you? It, Emotional I, dollars? I really, I did my breaks. I did which the with a friend. So my friend, I watched him do it, but I bet okay. I could do it now. There's, there's the real answer. Yeah, my friend did the breaks, and I stood there and said, <laughs> "Are you okay for two hours?" And then, uh, yeah, but I'm ready. It's. It looks great, and I was going to sell it. Now I like it. I'm just, I'm just going to drive it. The end. Here's the thing about Hondas, and this is supposed to be a driving podcast, yeah, so right. it is relevant. They all have an emotional connection the last seven years with this Honda. That's right. Yeah. People, the car aspect is missed yes. here now that we're all on Zoom. So we talk about cars. So we have to bring cars back <laughs> we have to before bring up cars. we introduce our guests. Yes. But... The thing about Hondas is, like, there's no reason to sell your Honda because that thing is solid gold and yeah. it's going to run until the earth ends, truly. But in the same conversation, some old salty, foggy-eyed old man will come up and say, but the resale value. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, but if I sell it, then I got to buy a new car, and then now it's not a time for that. No, it isn't. No. No, there's no, no, keep a Honda if it's not screwing up on you in any way. Yep. Wait until, here's what I did. I kept my Honda until I got T-boned, and the whole thing <laughs> was totaled, yeah. and I was lucky I walked away with my life, and then I went, okay, I'll get a different car this time. That's when I did it. Yeah, but getting T-boned sounds pretty cool. It was... Uh, what I'll tell you, it was loud, it was fast, and I got to know my airbag. Oh, wow. I think now's a good time to bring our guest in. <laughs> yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, you've seen her at clubs and colleges all over the country. <laughs> but 
Most recently, you've seen her starring on The Great North. Oh, yeah. Which is a wonderful animated series that's on Fox that's brand new, or very new, I should say. Please welcome Aparna Nancherla. <laughs> Hello. Hi, Aparna. How are you? Hi. Hello. Hi. Hello. Hi, guys. How's it going? I'm great. Good. I was uh, I was like nervous hearing that story. My car accident story? Yes, 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 yes. Yeah. It was pretty intense. Oof. Yeah. I seriously have, when I go to sleep, I try to think of good things. I think about <laughs> uh, skateboarding and golf and, and girls I want to kiss. But uh, <laughs> every once in a while, a terrible T-bone accident Oof. where the airbags shoot shards of metal. Something oh, yeah. I've been getting mail about. I got to replace my airbags. I haven't done it yet. <laughs> but I, I've, I'm so scared of car wrecks and so traumatized by the one I was in. They're horrifying. They are. Have you guys, this is, this is going to tie in, just have faith. Did you guys see the movie <laughs> Hustlers? Uh, yes, <laughs> no. with J-Lo? <laughs> yeah, with J-Lo. Yeah, J-Lo's Hustlers? No. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. okay. There's a, well, do you remember that scene where one, the main character has a dream where she's in the back seat and the car has no driver in it and it's just careening yes. down the road? And I was like, is that a common dream people have? Because that is... I used to have it all the time. Really? I had that, yes, I had that dream and it was... Um, the roads in where the town I grew up, and so it was out in the country, yeah. and it was just this, it was middle two rock road. It was a downhill, probably a 30 degree angle. Ooh. And I would be in the backseat of this big Bronco that was racing down this hill. And I'd be talking to somebody and joking. And, and then I would look <gasps> forward and no one was driving. No. And then the rest of the wow. dream would be me trying to get into <gasps> the driver's seat to put on the brakes. And it was so fucking scary. It would be fun and then scary immediately. Oh and when I finally told someone about that dream, and I had it for months, they were like, your life is out of control. <laughs> so it's like, shit. I really don't like people deciphering your dream analysis. Thank you. I People always want to do that, and it's, and it's, and they're all supposed to mean something. I don't want, can it just be a ridiculous dream that everyone has? I mean, sometimes it can. Yeah. Aparna, have you ever been in a car accident? Or, like, do you have any of these kinds of stories? My first, um, my first and last driving lesson with my dad was uh, he wanted me to just do loops around uh, high school. That's a classic, you know, first yeah. driving scenario. And then he decided <laughs> I was going to drive home, which was like maybe a five-minute drive back. But we had to turn into like a main busy thoroughfare. And I was like, I'm not ready for this. I could barely handle an empty parking lot. And he, <laughs> you know, as many dads do, they were like, you're going to do it. That's the only way you're going to learn. And... <laughs> Uh, both my brain and body decided, no, I wasn't going to do it. So <laughs> we, instead of turning into the thoroughfare, I was supposed to go straight across, but I, I decided I was going to turn uh, about halfway through the road. And then instead I just went through the fence of the first <laughs> house that was on the other side of the road. And then without even putting the car in, into park, I just got out of the car. <laughs> <laughs> and then your dad was in my nightmare. Yeah, yeah. Where yeah, there's exactly. nobody in the driver's seat. <laughs> exactly. exactly. That, is, that is when I learned that I have my impulse in emergencies is to flee. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Get out of the car. That's the thing <laughs> yeah, that almost exactly. you almost died in. Walk away from it. Yeah. Just walk away. Yeah. Walk away. Especially before it hits the house. <laughs> yeah. Get out of the in the yeah, front yard. Exactly. Yes. You don't exactly. get in a bike rack and then just lay there holding onto the handlebars. You guys get it. You guys yeah. get it. Yeah. This is a car podcast. Yeah. 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 I mean, we're not done. We're not done talking <laughs> cars. <laughs> I mentioned the hubcaps. The first time I got behind a wheel, I associate with the sickening crunch of a white picket fence. It was a white <laughs> picket fence. Oh, not just an all-American fence? <laughs> yeah. Oh. Wow, that's... Wait, so did you... I mean, what kind of trouble did you get into after that? Was that like your dad's insurance or... Yeah, I think it was my dad's insurance. And I don't... I think we paid for the fence repairs, but all... 
The only other thing I remember was making cookies for them and taking them over <laughs> and feeling like somehow it was really dark and dirty that I was like, here, let me just give you these cookies and we can move past this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's funny. <laughs> Will you be bought with yeah, this plate yeah. of yeah, Toll House yeah. cookies? Yes. <laughs> I, I mean, I think I was 15 or something, but I think I just still didn't have any concept of real world consequences. Like I was a sheltered suburbanite, you know? Yeah, yeah. sure. I mean, I took driver's ed in high school and we had to watch these boring horror movies with oh, yeah. fake blood in them. And then at like the middle of the day, you would drive with some driver's ed teacher. Yeah. And he, for some reason, our guy, and that was, it was snowy. I, it was in the middle of winter in Montana. We were on a side road, an icy one that was like mm. convex, like Ooh. it was a round, not a flat road. And he <laughs> pulled the emergency brake <gasps> to see what we would do. Oh, no. no. I, yeah. <laughs> I, we were driving along. It was just like, just going along a road, it's like, why? Also, we're going up to Blue Mountain, the middle of nowhere. Are you going to murder us? <gasps> it's just me and my classmate. We both just got brand new porcelain braces. We don't want to <laughs> die. And he yanked on the parking brake. I'm like, what? I remember, like, why did you do that? And being 15 and like, you're wrong. You're a bad teacher. Yeah. The car went in a ditch. We had to wait for <gasps> a tow truck and everything. I'm like, you're so dumb. But I was... So he crashed the car. Yes. What? He's trying to kill us. There was a cliff on one side. Oh, my God. <laughs> my dad has a story of going off that road. Like, it's classically where teenagers die since the 50s. But if you think about it, that would be a really good crime because it's like, oh, it's obviously the student's fault. Right. Yeah. Why would it be the driving instructor? These newbies. I guess if the teacher was a murderer and he just wanted to kill teens... <laughs> Yes. He went through the trouble of getting a job. So, he, <laughs> yes, then he did find an interesting loophole. But I have a feeling he just, he was drunk or something. I mean, because that's, he's not training you for a scenario that ever happens. Right. You're the one that pulls the emergency brake. <laughs> yeah. Right. Not the passenger. I think his idea was to pull it for a second to get me oh. sliding. So then I would, he wanted to see how I corrected but no, so, wow. I'm so mad at him still. We were, went in a ditch. Sorry that story's so long, but it just all came flooding back to me. Vivid memories of that negligent teacher. I'm going to tell you vivid memories of our semi-negligent driver's ed teacher. Because in our small town, I went to a private school, or the Catholic school, I should say, and the driver's ed classes, like the actual in the car, so that's driver's training, uh, was at the public school. And so you had to go and you'd get matched up with some kid you didn't know, which apparently was my greatest fear because yeah. I couldn't sleep the night before. I was oh. so scared of like, I, it's hard enough. I have to learn to drive. I don't know how to do this. And he takes you, you go and meet him at 5.30 in the morning and he drives you all around our town where there's no one on the road except for like one car oh. here and there. Wait, is this kid even from your school? Well, that's <laughs> the thing. You don't know. Oh God, that sounds, I, that makes me nervous now. I know, that's right? so stressful. Yeah. It's stressful in that what you have to do, but then it's also stressful where I'm just like, what if it's a boy? Yeah. Yeah. And what if it's a cute boy? Yeah. And what if this? And so I was like out of my mind. I show up, it's my friend Patty Leone, who I've gone to school with since sixth grade. Oh, I was like, oh, it's you. Great. So then we get into the car at Petaluma High School, and he has one of us drive. I think Patty drove first. And literally, we drove two blocks to the donut shop, and he's like, well, I'm going to get some donuts and some coffee. You can come in if you want to. And so then you spend an hour at the donut shop with him where he goes and sits with his friends and eats donuts and drinks coffee. And we just sat there and had a donut and hung out. And then he gets you back in the car and then you drive a little longer and then you're done. He was drunk too or hung over. <laughs> oh, you need to have your coffee, huh? Rough night? <laughs> it's like he's, that's, he's starting his morning literally by like just driving like, okay, turn around here. All right, stop the car. We're, we're going to get donuts. But Aparna, you grew up, you're from Washington, D.C. Were you like from the city? Did you have to learn to drive? And no, I was from the suburbs. Oh, like it's just easier to tell people the city because yeah. 
Then you seem cooler. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like you're a lobbyist or something. But I do, I do feel like the people I knew who grew up in like cities proper, mm-hmm. some of them still don't know how to drive. Right. Yeah. yeah. You either become a stressed out driver person, yeah. or you just don't. Like, there's so many New Yorkers I know that never they had to learn to drive here. Remember. Paul F. Tompkins, a grown man, he had he he learned to drive like a decade ago. <laughs> really? Yeah, because yeah, he's from Philly. He took trains everywhere, and his yeah. dad was a train conductor or Whoa. worked for the trains. Very pro so that, train background. That's all he did. Yeah, very wow. big, big on trains. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah, funny. That's... If like in his family, they were like, "No son of mine will drive a car." <laughs> <laughs> Why does every person need their own personal little train? <laughs> you started stand up in. DC also, right? I did. I did. Did you do the first annual Benson Ball? Yeah, I mm. did. Is that where we first crossed paths? No, okay. no. I just, we, <laughs> that was another time. We just were passing and I didn't know anyone yet. And I was wow. just, uh, you know, in that, that's, we were probably in the same room back then. Yeah, I remember every, all the local comics were so excited about that because it was like, oh, these big wigs from L.A. coming to yeah. our little town. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. Who else is, is uh, Aaron Jackson, is she from D.C.? Aaron Jackson's also from D.C. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I worked with her the one time I did the improv there. Mike Birbiglia is from D.C., right? Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, There's a bunch of Rory Scovel's from there. I mean, he's not from there, but that's where he started stand-up. Okay, that's Mm -hmm. I remember meeting him. Yeah. And he'd been doing stand-up like six months, and I'm like, why is this guy funnier than me? Oh, yeah. He's funnier than everybody. You know what it is, though? Here's the thing about Rory Scovel. He is... You should definitely hate him because yeah, he's so funny. I don't want anyone to be funnier than me. Yeah. No. Rory Scovel has what I call the uh, hilarious accent. He reminds me mm. of Will Ferrell where it's not what he's saying. It's right. the way he talks. Yeah, it's yeah. just yes, like that yes. is he is a man who is tapped into this, the hilarious absurdity of life or something where yeah. he's just... He's just kind of ribbing you, is what it feels like. Yeah. How is that an accent? But yeah, it's his accent. It's this is about to be funny. <laughs> it's the way he talks. It's a manner of speaking. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what it is. There's a little drawl to it, but it's mostly just like I remember watching him do that bit where he's going by the grocery aisle, and I was like, I was laughing so hard, but in my mind, I was like, Why is this so funny? Yeah. Why yeah. is this so funny? And it just like it's him. Yep. Yep. It's him. That's it. It's the comedian. That's the funny part. Yeah, wait a minute. I just realized something. Mm. It's not the material. It's the brain and the <laughs> mouth. Aparna, how did you first think you wanted to do stand-up, or who did you see, or why did you get that idea in your head? Um, Great cue. I think <laughs> I... I I honestly came to stand up um very uninformed and uneducated. Like I had seen a hand, like a, just a tiny bit of it growing up. Like I think I knew Seinfeld was a comedian and Ellen DeGeneres. That was my range of experience. <laughs> and then in high school, I was friends with like a guy who was just like funny guy, class clown. And I was like, I like I like what he's up to, but I was pretty low key. So I just kind of observed him from a distance. I was like, okay, let me see how he sort of operates. And then I think he gave me a Mitch Hedberg CD uh, to listen to. He was like, you're going to love this guy. He's really funny. And I thought he was so funny. And then I think he was like, I'm going to try an open mic. So I was like, okay, I'm going to try one too. But this was like after we had gone to college and like come back for the summer. So I think I like got up my courage to do my first open mic just from like scouting it out for a few weeks. We both did. And then we decided we were going to go up at least once before we went back to college. So I think that's the first time I tried it on like my 20th birthday, maybe. But I think it was really more just like, I'm going to try this one time and then I can die. Like I like I in no way, shape, or form was like, this is a thing I can do regularly or even make a career out of. Like I had no concept of how to do that. Yeah. But do you think you were lightly in love with that class clown? 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think yeah. I was lightly in love with all men for <laughs> many years. Yeah, you were just, just whoever. I just noticed yeah. that you said you were uh, from a distance watching how he operates. And I'm like, hubba hubba. <laughs> yes. And I yeah. never that- say that phrase. No one should. I'm sorry I did. <laughs> yeah. But I think even, I think it's that thing people say of like, oh, I just want a guy who can make me laugh or something. Like, I think in my teens, I was very much of that mindset where yeah. I was like, he made a joke? Wow, he, he's he got it all. <laughs> yeah. When people, you know, in someone's bio, it says, I, I like a sense of humor. I always want to go, oh, grow up. That's for teenagers. <laughs> you, don't, you don't know how annoying and sick of me you will get. What I love is that you always, I always see that where it's like, that's what girls always say. And then guys are just like, yeah, hot girls only. <laughs> yeah, totally. But I have all these jokes. Hold on a second. <laughs> Don't count me out yet. <laughs> I know. I feel like guys, it's like the opposite. They're they're disappointed you are funny or trying to be funny. I noticed that with my sister. She was a little older than me and she told me about all of her dates and I just thought that every guy probably had a huge crush on her and they were always intimidated by her being smart and funny. Yeah. That always puzzled me. Well, I think it's the kind of thing that now I think is funny, but it used to enrage me, is when guys, it's clear they don't expect you to try to be funny or so that when you're doing it, they'll like, there's nothing worse than when someone answers a joke with an honest, like a direct, plain (laughs) response where you're just, the second that I have an exchange like that with someone, I'm like, I have to leave right now. (laughs) I can't, I can't expose myself to this anymore. (laughs) Yeah, that guy, I can't believe he didn't answer sarcastically. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. I don't want to hear your sincere goddamn thoughts. That's not what I'm here for. I thought this was a date. What are we doing? (laughs) For some reason, I have like this bias about this is going to sound weird. I have a bias against models. Like, I think none of them have a sense of humor. Like, even if they have proven otherwise, I like my mind refuses to believe it. It's like, you can't look like that and be funny or know how to think something's funny. Yeah, yep. I've noticed that really, really, really good-looking people can still learn later. Mm. They didn't have to establish it to survive while in school. Right. right. Like I did. But later on... <laughs> It's like, wait, you picked this up in your 20s and 30s or something? Because I have met very funny, beautiful people. Yes. Yeah, no, they're out there. It happens all the damn time these days. (laughs) Especially in Los Angeles. Well, yeah, now, especially with social media, that's the kind of thing I love about the dawn of social media and Twitter and stuff, where all those things that I told myself to make myself feel better or comfort myself, it's like, I'm the only funny one in the world. (laughs) And it's like, you're in the middle of all the funny people. And look look at them these days. Like these days with TikTok and everything, it's like you see those front facing comedians where you're just like, oh, that's a good idea. That's funny. Wow, you have no pores. Like, (laughs) what is life like for you? It's it must be amazing. It's like all <laughs> doors open. God, congratulations. Yeah. Yeah. I think also when I started comedy, it was like pre-YouTube. So I think I just, I didn't have any references or like, I didn't know how to seek out comedians that I would be into. Whereas now I feel like it's sort of all at your fingertips. Yeah. And like you're saying, like, you can just be like, I like this. And then TikTok will be like, Here's 700 more (laughs) examples of that for you. Yeah, yeah. Or there's, like, when UCB started, it's almost like all those people that wouldn't have been able to be the self-starters that would go do a stand-up, like, open mic, suddenly were like, but I do know how to learn, so I can take a class, and maybe I can tap into something. It really, I think it's really good in a lot of ways, like, the the amount of people that learn improv and, and can actually tap into something that they might have. But it used to be that if, like, that's what you wanted to do, you had to, like, you know, go and fight, street fight for it or whatever. <laughs> yeah, and, like, get totally. your Audition 20 times and get into Second City or whatever. Yeah. And now it's just like, yep, you just go and take your classes and pay your money and move all the way up and see what happens. To me, the biggest obstacle was mailing VHS <laughs> tapes or even DVD. <laughs> the fact that I had to do that package these VHS tapes and DVDs to send them to clubs. 
that's what's I'm jealous of everyone that's like, yeah, here's a link. Are you gonna book me <laughs> in the same email that I sent the link to the thing in? Good, it's done. That took 10 minutes. I used to have to go to the post. Even the idea of someone like putting in a VHS tape to be like, let me see what you got. Yeah. It sounds so bad. Yeah. It's like from antiquity, that idea of <laughs> yeah. it was so long ago and it was like, but it was when I was young. <laughs> I, I also remember getting in trouble when I started stand-up in San Francisco because I had started in, I started open mics um, in Sacramento and did, you know, a handful of shows and then got into a car accident and my mom made oh. me move home because she's like, I don't know what you're doing up there, but this is the third car accident you've got into. So move home. So I did and then saved up money to move to San Francisco and then basically got on to the improv showcase because I knew comics that did that show. And then I was like, that's fine. I'll just do the improv. Like, that's fine. But of course, every other comic that moved to town was hanging out, introducing themselves, asking for sets, calling clubs to get sets. And I never did that. And I think Patton Oswalt had just moved to town too. And he was like, yeah, you got to call around. And I was like, ew, no. (laughs) It was disgusting, that idea of like... What? I'm not going to ask for anything. Like, they don't know who I am. He's like, no, you have to. Like, that's part of it. So when I went to do a set at the Holy City Zoo, because I hadn't gone and, like, paid my, you know, dues or, like, gone and tried to meet anybody, i just gone and, like, stood in the back or whatever. There there was, apparently, it was like they were mad because then I got booked on a show. It was that weird thing where I was just like, how is this the way... It goes. Like, how is this the way shows get booked? It just seemed so strange. Yeah. And embarrassing. It's embarrassing. I still... <laughs> it's I've, so embarrassing. I feel so like I have a career in this business, or it's still do... And I've never... I won't <laughs> ask anyone for shows. <laughs> and it's wrong. And I should. But I don't, because it's humiliating. It's humiliating. It it's so humiliating. If they don't get back to you, then you feel bad for days. Ugh! Or you have the people that are kind of doing shows so that they can wield that power over people. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You've met those people where it's just like, what? Oh, this is a personality type of like, no, maybe you can call me back, uh, you know, or email me in two weeks. Maybe I'll have a set for you then. Or it's like, no, thanks. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) It makes them feel like they have a career in comedy because they're making decisions Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Putting yeah. people in categories. It's like. Yeah. I feel like every show now has a producer, like a go between, yeah. so that there you don't have to, the comics don't have to directly deal with booking because we all have such good people skills. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you guys remember the commercials? I think they were for the Art Institute or some technical school where they go, hi, I have a career in the music business, but I'm not a musician. And then they go back to like fixing an amplifier or something. I, th- I always think of that. I have a I have a career in the comedy business, but I'm not a comedian. And then they call someone. Yeah, you can't do my show for another month. <laughs> the answer's no. Yeah. Click. Oh, man, I want to go to the Art Institute and learn how to judge other people. <laughs> Even in art school, the fact that there was a a major that was artistic criticism, there was a, oh, I know how to talk about art. I don't do it, but I know how to talk <laughs> no, about it. And I've, and I've studied it. And I knew people that academically, it was really interesting how they saw they could talk about the evolution of art through the ages in different parts <laughs> of the world, for, but they can't draw or paint. And I'm like, why would you be so interested in something without actually doing it? Now I respect it more. It seems like I'm talking shit about art history majors or whatever, which I'm not. Chris, I don't want to get those people mad again. Canceled on Twitter. (laughs) This is a powerful group you're attacking. Yeah, they are out there with their corduroy fucking elbow patches (laughs) and their wild eyebrow hairs. Part of when you moved to New York, did you have like a good kind of like stand up situation going in DC and then you moved to New York? Or did you? I think I actually, I moved to LA first. Yeah. I remember. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I was there for just under two years. So not that long, but I I had done comedy in DC and then I was dating a 
Hampton. Hampton Yonge yeah. at the time. And you guys moved in with our friend Hari. That yes. was so yes, long yes, ago. Yes, yes, Yeah, yeah. I remember when you rolled into town, damn it. Oh, my God. Well, you were on <laughs> shows immediately, and you were funny. Yeah, I think we were uh, We were just trying. Yeah, I don't know. It feels so long ago, but I feel like when you move to a new scene, you're sort of just like, I better put in put in my FaceTime at all the shows. Mm-hmm. You're so good at stand-up, and I miss seeing oh, you do it. Thanks. I uh, Yeah, I feel like I haven't been on a show with you for multiple, multiple years, but it used oh, to be pretty years. normal. We kind of, you were immediately in the mix. Is it called the yeah. mix? Yeah. I think it's called <laughs> the mix. Yeah, you were in the mix right away. With two X's. Um, but then I moved to New York for a writing job, right. so then I, I've been here much longer. Yeah, I haven't seen you for a long time. <laughs> I just see you on things, you know. What if I was just avoiding you this whole time? See, that's what it is. Did I uh, did I offend you? Are you an art historian? <laughs> Wait, what writing job did you get? It was uh, totally biased. Yeah, W. Kamau oh, Bell. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. So I moved for that, and I I will say, if you move somewhere with like a job or something, it definitely helps open some doors where people are like, oh yeah, you're here for a reason. Huh? I can make some space for you for three minutes. (laughs) That was such a cool period in time. He and I did some show in San Francisco for like MMA fighters and Raiders football players. Oh my God. And they were great. They loved it. They were so (laughs) sweet. They have an outlet. And then I think it was a few weeks later, I heard that it's, I think, didn't Chris Rock see him and, and like immediately say, you're great? Yeah, I think so. I think it was off of like his one hour show. Yeah. That he was doing. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like that's the, that's such a Hollywood story though, right? Where it's like, Chris Rock saw my show and he was like, I'm going to make you a star. Yeah. I yeah. think that was the first I had ho- heard of that actually happening since, you know, when you first start and you're like, oh, I'm going to Just for Laughs. That's where. People get handed a sitcom or whatever. And oh, it's like, yes, no, yes. it isn't. That doesn't happen. You just hear about it happening in like the 80s or whatever when there was 25 comedians to choose from. Yeah. But with W. Kamel Bell, it actually happened. Yeah. And I remember you getting, you being a writer on that show. Yeah, it was fun. It was, I guess, maybe it sort of followed the Daily Show model where it was like you could write and perform on it. As well, which was which was cool that he let us do that. Yeah, you did that with Guy Branham, right? Yeah, yeah. I think Guy was there starting the second season. Oh, got it. But yeah, it was it was a good bunch of people. I do think it was a lot of Bay Area people who started there. Who yeah, were obviously friends with Kamal, and but it was a nice sensibility. Yeah, that was a great show. And then basically, you got to get sets because you kind of had a job, knew yeah. some people, you know, like. I, you got a little- yeah, I mean, I guess it's like when you start, you ju- you just need that one first credit, and then it's sort of like, oh, now that I have something hosts can say about me, I matter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wait, clubs and colleges all over the country doesn't isn't as good as I okay. don't ever be. stop saying it, Karen. It I think be. it's it's funny, and the right people get it. And you've done colleges, I'm sure. I have. Yeah. Though I, I don't know about you guys, but colleges always pretty hit or miss for me. Oh, I, I find them predominantly missy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> me too. I would say hit and misses for me. <laughs> this is plural. I Some of my worst stand-up memories are getting booked in colleges when not only did I not have an hour, I yeah. barely had a half an hour. Oh, and thinking that I could kind of like do what I thought crowd work was. Right. Which literally at one show, and I was in a tiny room that had carpeted walls. It was almost like an acoustic music side theater at this, some college back east. Yeah, yeah. Because when it's silent in the room, you want it to be in a soundproof (laughs) room. You 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 want the energy to get sucked into the material on the wall. Yeah, hear the layers of silence. Yeah. Just like all laughs get sucked into the carpet. (laughs) Um. And I was in a full sweat panic. And at one point I said, uh, how about a Q&A? Does anyone want to know anything about Hollywood? <laughs> and, uh, it was half sarcastic and half just like, I don't know what to do anymore. I burned through every half joke I've ever written. And I well, don't. Well, it seems like a weird plan B to have, but no. 
Comedy clubs used to do that. They'd have a Q&A with some soap oh. star. I remember, like, even in Austin, we, they'd be like, oh, there's a special event this week. It's a guy from Days of Our Lives. <laughs> what? And then, yeah, and there'd be a line out the door. Oh, yeah, because their <laughs> fans are, like, really loyal. Yeah. Yes. And they want to know, when's your twin with a goatee coming back <laughs> with your wife's ghost? I don't know. I've never really watched it. So I actually learned that lesson working on daytime television, daytime talk shows, they had a packet. Like when any time a guest would accidentally or there'd be an emergency and they would fall out they, and they'd have to, the booking department would have to replace the guest really quickly. They'd have to go in and pitch like, here's all the people available. And I remember like there are certain people that they would be like, well, we could get so-and-so. I would be like, are you talking about Marlena from Days of Our Lives? Yeah. And I'd be like, is that a good booking? And they're like, look at the Q rating. And they actually had a packet and it was celebrities rated in order of audience popularity. And number one was like Reba. And then yeah. like the top 50 were totally like sprinkled with all soap opera stars. Yeah. Oh so the best thing you could do was start on a soap opera and then get like a TV series or like a movie because those people everyone will tune in for them. Isn't All of their fans funny? will tune in on a talk show for them. So like, that's how, it was that kind of thing where I was just like, oh, this is actually how Hollywood works. Yeah, like, yeah. I think yeah. I think I know how it works. And it's like, no, you have no, you have no idea. Soap operas are like bread and butter. Yeah. Well, it's like apparent wow. when you mentioned YouTube, there was the realization about a decade ago when there was these YouTube billboards around town that just had some... You know, like you said, some kid with no pores, and uh, it says <laughs> two million. Oh yeah, views or whatever. And it's like, wait a minute, I wasn't supposed to be in dark bars the last twenty years. <laughs> I was supposed to be on the computer. Or, yeah, or you're supposed to be on a soap opera. And like at one point, someone told me that. Oh, what's it? Mark Harmond? The guy from the Coors commercials and the movie Summer School is the top paid <laughs> actor. Because he's yes. on all the CSIs or whatever. Oh. And CIS. There was one period of time after I lost my job and I went into a deep depression and I just truly for like 18 months laid on the couch and watched every episode of NCIS. <gasps> oh, okay. Because they have what seemed like hundreds of seasons. I mean, sure. like Whoa. it just kept going. Yeah. And it is really entertaining. <laughs> Mark Harmon is a delight to look at and listen to. He's, he's handsome. I, I, I acknowledge that. He's <laughs> handsome from like the 70s. He was a quarterback in college, oh. I think for UCLA. Then he went on to like be Mr. Hot in movies. Right. Then he goes on NCIS as like the salt and pepper daddy in charge of the <laughs> Navy investigations. Salt and pepper daddy. <laughs> and he has... The same reaction to people could come in and be like, four people were beheaded over at the naval base, sir. And you'd be like, let's get over there. And then or he throws a like, spiral. You, know, you son of a bitch. And you'd be like, I won't take that from you. It's all the <laughs> yeah, exact yeah, same. Yeah. <laughs> and if you're having a hard time in life, that kind of consistency oh, is yeah. really soothing. It like worked oh, for me. wow. Okay. It worked. Yeah, yeah, and I feel like, yeah, soap operas are the same way. Like, even though it's high drama, it's all within this certain range. Yep. You're never going to get someone coming in just like, I don't know. Uh, yeah, I guess those formula shows where you just watch it, like yeah. House House was like that, where it's like, yeah. oh, we don't know what's wrong with this person 15 minutes <laughs> into this story. We've tried everything. And he's like, I just... <laughs> Because I spilled my coffee, I realized there might be a clog in a weird artery. And they're like, you're a loose cannon, House. Are you drunk again? And then yeah. they're like, oh, my God, House was right. And then they apologize to him. That's every episode. They would episode. actually go, you're wrong. The test came back, House. You're wrong. And then everyone would get all freaked out. Oh, and then, yeah. you know, then 11 minutes later, they'd be like, it turned out he was right. Yeah, the yeah. test and be like, was Oh, wrong. thank God. Thank God. Oh, God, yeah. yeah that. There had to be some, like, push and pull. I also think when you're, like, depressed or it, you are kind of stuck in a loop. So, like, if a show is essentially just groundhog daying itself, that's, yeah. like, you're, like, <laughs> you're on the same page as me. 
Yes. Because it's like every day is like, oh, life is hard and I hate myself. And then the show will do the thing and then we'll do it again tomorrow. <laughs> oh, that's funny. I <laughs> get it. That's yeah. how I got into the Kardashians. Oh, there was a, there was a Kardashian marathon and I was on that couch. I bet you I'd finished up NCIS and I was like, what am I going to do? And this Kardashian marathon started and I started watching it purely as a hate watch of like, yeah. oh, let's see these yeah. idiots. And literally 20 episodes later, I was like, I just want to be with them forever. <laughs> yeah. like, because really? again, yeah. they're very even okay. keel. They don't really, even when they're fighting, they don't actually raise their voices or have any passion or emotion, truly. They're just kind of like, I can't believe you did that. And their face doesn't move. And you're just like, <laughs> yeah, why did you do that? <laughs> it goes down easy. Have you guys ever seen, it's on YouTube, but the mom, whose name is Chris. Chris. Yes. Mm-hmm. Jenner. Yeah. Yeah. She, way back when she was married to OJ's lawyer, made a mm. music video to the tune of I Love L.A. by Randy Newman. <laughs> but instead, she'd say, I love my friends. And then <laughs> uh, she would get people to turn to the camera and go, we love you. They were she. They she would just what? get, and OJ was one of them. We love you. No. And yeah. And all these random celebrities. She's just like, just look into the camera and say, you you love me. Say we love you. And uh, it was all these celebrities because she wanted to showcase that she knows these celebrities, and with a catchy song, and she's singing. It opens with her running on a treadmill, singing the beginning. I please just watch it. I I can't even think about it without it. It exists and it's real creepy because it's it's OJ with Nicole, I believe. Like turn, yeah. we love you. Like it was during that era, wow. and her husband was about to be his lawyer a couple years later. And the kids, like Kim and all the kids, they're little girls in it with little matching dresses. And they're like, we love you. Like, emotionless. <laughs> Holding huge salads. Yeah, we yeah. love you. We love we you. Love <laughs> so they were, yeah, I'm saying it wasn't Botox. They were just born that way. Kim is a visionary. I mean, yeah. sorry, Chris, Chris, Chris Jenner is a visionary. Jenner, yeah. yeah. I mean, Kim is too in her own way. But Chris Jenner, I don't know. I, how The idea that she knew enough to be like, yeah. sure, we're just a, some random family, but let's get in on this reality show thing. Yeah, like, yeah. Why shouldn't we? So she right away she's like, "I got to make a music video." And this is pre YouTube. <laughs> she's like, right. "I'm gonna make it go viral." She was licking envelopes, t- putting that VHS in, <laughs> and sending it out. Somehow, someone uploaded it at one point, and I'm sure she'd be embarrassed about it. It's don't like, you think though. That, to me, smacks of it was someone's, like, 40th birthday. Yeah. Right? They're like, you know what would be fun? Yes. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah, But it was a gift to herself that yes. she filmed her celebrity friends all turning <laughs> the camera and saying, we love you, on their new <laughs> Steam Bay editing system. <laughs> uh, that is a specific... Anyway, oh, that's so... That is really visionary, it. too. Even know that you could be reality famous before that was a thing. Right. Yeah. I think she and her kids kind of invented it, right? I can't think of a big example other than... The Osbournes kicked it off. Oh, that's right. Oh, sure. I mean, the Osbournes were the one that I was like, in my mind, I was like, oh, reality show, that's quote-unquote bad. And then I watched the Osbournes and I was like, this is the funniest thing I've ever seen. (laughs) Kelly Osborne sang to her brother. Her brother said something about a black guy having good rhythm. And Kelly Osborne goes, that's racialist. Really? <laughs> and I, I said it for like five years after. It was the funniest, best thing I ever. At least with that show, though, he, before all that, was Ozzy Osborne. At least yes. there was that establishing fact. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> right. Yeah, there was yeah. a reason you were supposed to be interested in... The Home Life. You're right. It was a good show. I think that just reminded me, I think uh, Jack Osborne was one of the the first celebrity sighting I had when I moved to L.A. Oh, really? Where was he? perfect. He was at Swinger's Diner. Yes. Wow. (laughs) And I didn't recognize him. I have terrible celebrity recognition skills, but 
someone at my table was like, I think that's Jack Osborne. And then they were like, should I go say hi? And, and we all, everyone else at the table was like, no, you don't do that. That's not cool. And they really were like struggling with their decision. They were like, I should go, I should go say hi. And I was still like trying to understand who Jack Osborne was. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Swingers, um, we used to go there quite a bit with our friend April Richardson. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And April. one time this guy was there who had this really great outfit on. And one of the uh, parts of his outfit where he had these white polka dot pants on. And the polka dots were like a uh, pastel, different colors pastel. Ooh, yeah, I was there and for this. I remember those pants. Were you here for this? So yeah. she got up and was like, hey, dude, those pants are awesome. It was Chance the Rapper. <gasps> he was like, he was like, I designed them. And they had this whole conversation. <gasps> and I watched it all happen. And I was just like, this is, that's exactly how a celebrity interaction should go yes. that yes. the celebrity likes because you're yeah. not coming up and like, uh, uh, freaking out or whatever. Yeah. It's like right. you're talking about something specific and you're being sincere and authentic. Yes. And then like they get to talk about what they want to talk about. Yes. And and then you just get, and then you peel back and go eat your tuna sandwich. Oh my right. God. That yeah. sounds like a master class. Yeah. <laughs> That's for anyone who's so, in LA it is, wanting to connect. If you want, if you see a celebrity, just pretend you don't know they're a celebrity and get really yeah. excited about their pants. Yes. And that's how you become friends with famous people. Are those Dockers? Dude, where'd you matter. get those pants? Everyone's proud of their pants. But yeah. I, I'd screw it up and say, are those Bugle Boys? <laughs> oh, shit, they don't make those anymore. Super loud. <laughs> Do you peg your Bugle Boys? <laughs> Sir, please. Pegging used to be something totally different. A different thing. Yes. You yes. would fold yes. and roll your pants. Is that your favorite celebrity sighting that you ever had in LA or oh, just man. your first? I think my favorite one was uh, Fred Durst. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Where was he? Chibo. <laughs> near the, On near Meltdown. Yeah. <laughs> I I wasn't a big Limp biscuit guy. I course. wasn't either. I don't like the rock rap hybrid that was coming out in early 2000s. It was really big. Yeah, it was. But one time I had to interview at something and he was one of the people. I had these jokes and I was trying to get people to tell these skateboarding jokes. And of course, no one wanted to do it. I didn't want to ask Was this one of your red to- carpet jobs? Yes, Chris? yes. The, yeah. Yeah. Okay, okay. I'm just setting yeah, it up. Yeah, it was, it was. Thank you. Thank you for doing that. I just showed up unannounced. No, that I was supposed to be there. It was a red carpet thing. Thank you. And he was, he took it so seriously. He's like, uh, I think it would be better if I memorized them first. Can I come back? And he Whoa. went off the red carpet and Fred Durst, wait, <gasps> is that the killer? No, Fred Robert, Durst. No, yeah. that's Robert. <laughs> He's a, and Fred Durst. You did a comedy bit with Robert Durst? That's disgusting. Yeah. Robert Durst came out. He changed all the jokes to be very dark. <laughs> uh, no, Fred Durst went and memorized them all, and then he came, and he nailed it. He, he pretended wow. to be a, a cheesy nightclub comic, and he had all the jokes memorized, and he's like, how was that? And I'm like... Good. The the thing started. No one's here anymore. <laughs> he wasted all his time doing my little thing. And then they didn't, at the bottom, they didn't say Fred Durst, Limp Biscuit. It said he owns some skateboard company. Like, no, oh, no. oh the founder oh. of Element Skateboards. No, it isn't. That's Fred Durst. Oh, oh, it's so embarrassing. Oh, we did no. him Durst so dirty. Sorry, Fred. So wait, did you, Aparna, did you talk to Fred Durst? Yeah, did what you say? No, I think it would never occur to me to actually approach a celebrity. I think I just, I'm like, there's nothing I could say to them that they haven't heard before. But also I wasn't a big enough Fred Durst fan to have anything of note to say to him. But I do (laughs) remember he was wearing all white, which I thought was very brave at a restaurant. (laughs) And he had a huge posse. He was like at a table of like, 15 or 16 people, and I was like... Yeah, he's surrounded by musicians, so he doesn't make a fool (laughs) of himself. Yeah, I guess so. I don't recognize anyone else. Yeah, I... Yeah. But I think I... I mean, this sounds condescending, but I think I was like, oh, good, he's still out there. Have you seen him now? He's got, like, this kind of blonde, wavy, 70s game show host hair. And he wears oh. like or- big orange sunglasses and dresses like he's golfing. Whoa. And he does all, he still, he looks 
very much like he wouldn't be making limp biscuity music. <laughs> and he still goes out there and, uh, and you know, does the all for the nookie or whatever his song. Sure. Wait, he have still faith. performs? Yeah, yeah. He's Whoa. making a comeback because he's got this hair. He grew out his hair and he's like, people got to see this. My hair grow now. <laughs> That's the reason he's touring. Yeah, I didn't know I'd look like the host of the dating game. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I oddly, I know exactly what you're saying. I'm happy to see he's still out there, even though when he was young, I wasn't happy to see he was out there. <laughs> I also like in LA when you see celebrities and they're wearing all white. That's such, it's like, because I used to see Giovanni Ribisi all the time Ooh. in um, Los Feliz. And it to the point where one time I was already at uh, Farfalla on Hillhurst yeah. and he walked in and looked at me and went, oh, like that. I was like, no way. I was already here, dude. I was here first. No way. Um, yeah, what? but we because we kept seeing each other. I think he thought I was stalking him and it's just like, this truly is by chance. But then... It's like, how am I stalking you when I am seated mid like penne pasta? But <laughs> I saw him at a Starbucks one time and he was wearing all white. And I was just like, what? if you want to, like as a celebrity, if you're trying to be low key and have people not look at you, why are you dressed like an orderly or like a baker? <laughs> yeah, yeah, like it yeah. looks like you're in a costume. <laughs> just like throw on some jeans and you'll blend in perfectly. Yeah, it seems like a funny thing to wear all white. Like a rich person would wear all white. That seems like a cartoon, but it is. Like, we don't want to wear white because you have to do laundry again. It's a sign of success. It's so unrealistic. I get coffee on these pants, I throw them away. They're I white. Burn em. I burn, burn them in my fireplace. I don't think I own white pants. I think <laughs> my confidence is that low. Yeah, yeah. I didn't, and I know I don't, because I was. I could have used them for my Halloween costume. I had a lab coat. I'm like, where do I get white pants? Well, don't own any. Time to get some. Time to get some. <laughs> Got to. Hey, what were you for Halloween, Aparna? Yeah, what'd you do? I didn't dress up, you guys. Oh, I know. Oh, it's my okay. God. I had people over, though. I had a Halloween party, but we didn't. Oh, I I guess I had a creepy mask. My boyfriend got us both creepy masks. We each just wore a creepy cat mask, but they were like dollar store cat masks, so they were even more horrifying because <laughs> they were probably repurposed from like, you know, paint, like people painting or something and like, I don't know, like home. I don't even know what I'm saying. <laughs> Do you guys remember the masks? They're plastic and they're kind of transparent, but mm. they have a mustache and eyebrows and everything yeah. printed on them. But oh, yes. you put it over yes. your face and you can still see your face underneath this. Yeah. They are so creepy. Ooh. And I remember my grandparents coming over when I was a little kid and I remember them walking in and they both had these <gasps> transparent, these translucent shells of another face over their face. And I was like, I'm going to die. They are murderers. This is a, oh. it's still, and I have a photo of it. It's the scariest photo ever. That That is the creepiest mask. We have so many. Well, I would argue because one year my parents got, <laughs> this is such a 70s thing too. My parents had, my mom was wearing an alien mask oh. and my Aunt Jean was wearing <laughs> like a, it was a monkey mask, but the monkey looked like it had been through some shit. So it was just like, <laughs> And they walked in like, hi, girls. And I was like, oh, my God. It was like the most upsetting. It's so funny. We have pictures of all of it, too. And my friend Amy actually did a painting because there's we have a picture of me wearing the alien mask and my sister wearing, uh, I think, the monkey mask. Ugh. But like little kid bodies, but adult-sized masks. Oh, my God. That's horrifying. Sounds so scary. I just yeah. learned a fun fact about the Mike Myers Halloween mask is actually a William Shatner mask. Did you right? Know? Yep. I had no yeah, idea. like a mold of Shatner's face for something else for Star Trek or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and then he like sued them. Oh, really? <gasps> Did he? Really? <laughs> oh, that's great. <laughs> he doesn't love to play along at all, <laughs> but it is kind of genius that yeah. one of the scariest masks ever is just William Shatner <laughs> painted white. <laughs> He sued them, but he's known for ripping off songs like Rocket Man and Blur's Common People. 
I love my friends. We, <laughs> we love, love you. her. We love you. Okay. We love you. We Fine. Love you. We love you. Say it with more meaning. <laughs> it's like you can tell the Kardashians that year for Christmas got one of those uh, recorders. Yeah, like yeah, video like video recorders with, with the, the microphone on it. Yeah, 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 yeah. where they yeah. were just like. Well, Robert will come over to your house and we'll just record you real quick. It's just for my birthday video. Yep. Oh my God, that is what it is. I, right? I encourage you both and everyone listening to watch yeah. it. Yeah. Please. It is it's very tonight. entertaining. If we I love if you. it's not online, I will find it and somehow please post it. If it's not online, you're gonna find it anyway. Right. Yeah. At the library. People know I'm on the social media. You'll <laughs> just check in with me. <laughs> That even stresses me out now. Like, I can't imagine what it was like in the 90s, but now when people are like, oh, let's just make, like, a video real quick, I'm, like, immediately yeah. so stressed. Yes. Yeah, I got to shower and do stuff. I got to put stuff in my hair. I can't do it now. Yeah. I have showed up to so many podcast recordings, and that's when I find out that the whole yeah. thing is also being video, where I'm yeah. just like, I didn't do my hair. Like, I realize that's my job. Um, but it's like it, <laughs> it was my understanding this was yeah, this was an audio recording. Yeah. Yeah. Where it's like I would have put my eyebrows on and done my whole thing, but now I'm just here with bad hair. <laughs> Fine, let's do this. Like I, yeah. I it's so crazy. And then it's like lives on the internet forever. It's so frustrating. Yeah, I was trying to explain it to someone recently where I was like, I didn't I didn't get into comedy to do boomerangs, but that's what I feel like I'm paid to do. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. You've been doing a lot of voice work on animated shows. Like, were you on Bob's Burgers too? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's a gig where you can just yes. show up in sweats and not worry, right? Yeah, that's the whole that's the whole sell on it. It's like you just show up, they don't have to see your face. That's great. It's the dream. Well, you have a distinctive voice. I'm real. You never notice if someone has a voice for that can be used in animation, but I'm just now realizing you have a great voice. Oh, I was going to say I feel like everyone on this Zoom has a distinctive oh, voice. Oh, we should all be successful yeah. in the world of animation. <laughs> <laughs> That's specifically us. Yeah. So basically you guessed it on Bob's Burgers. And is that how you got the Great North? I think that's how I was on their radar because it is by two Bob's Burgers writers. So I think that's how I sort of like they were familiar with like my voice. And yeah. Yeah. And how is it? Do you have some anecdotes you want to tell? Um, I mean, it's funny because a lot of our recording has been after pandemic stuff. So it's all been like over Zoom and it's been a little odd in that way of like, I've recorded so much of it just in a little booth in my home. Sure. Mm -hmm. Oh, wow. That's even more. Yeah. You don't even leave the house. It's the best. Yeah. Which is great. But I think it's funny to do like a family comedy and then be like, and everyone recorded by themselves. Oh, <laughs> Separately and alone. Yeah. That has yeah. to be hard. That has to be yeah. challenging. But I just don't know how they edit it all together to make it sound like coherent i still don't really understand how they do it <laughs> yeah now we're finally like doing group records again where it's like you can play off of each other and yeah but for great. a long time it was just like the director being like okay give me that one more time and you're like okay <laughs> could you tell when you watch that it wasn't the same no i mean that that's the thing they're like really good at making it seem yeah cohesive yeah editors man i know yeah, unsung heroes. Have you ever seen the audio editor the way when they go into like a line of audio where they can go in and pull it apart and go in and pull it apart so they can literally go in and like take a noun out? What? I mean, like I used to watch um, Eben Schletter do audio editing all the time. And that thing where it's like, if you do something, they can like take the piece that you just recorded and then they basically stretch it on the screen. And then Whoa. that's how they pull things together or whatever. I'm sure both Steven and Annalise right now are like, yeah, we know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> But I think it's fascinating because it's the yeah. same thing as um, film editing where it's like, how did they used to do it compared yeah. to how they do I it know. now? No, even when we're... Uh, editing my comedy special, I was like, I can't enunciate. It's like I have marshmallows in my mouth. And we went in and made it to where the words sounded. There was a strong consonant there because I mush-mouthed it. Yeah. You know? Whoa. Yeah. yeah. Magic. 
Thank you, editors. I mean, I've always been saying this. The real heroes are behind the camera. Yeah. <laughs> so true. <laughs> I'm not an actor, but I work in the movie business. <laughs> <laughs> and the knobs. knobs. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's got to be knobs. Yeah, my, my friend and I used to always do that. At the, there was a light table. If you're at a light table... And, and I was just, I was drawing pictures for T-shirts, but it's like, I'm not a fashion designer, but I am in the clothing business. We used to always act it out. It's my favorite. Do it at home. It's a fun thing to act out. You'll see. You haven't seen the commercials, so I guess it doesn't make sense. Aparna, I always see the tweets of the Butter Boy comedy show in New oh, York yeah. City. It always makes me really happy because it's usually a bunch of people that I really like. You do that with Maeve Higgins, right? The great yeah, Maeve, Maeve Higgins. Yeah, Higgins and Joe Firestone. Oh, She's so f- hilariously yes. funny. Very, very funny. And it's so nice. It's like one of the main shows I've been keeping up with uh, in terms of live performing. And it's just like a weekly show of hanging out with your friends and then seeing some very funny comedy. So it's like a Brooklyn show. And it used to be, I guess, Kurt Braunohler and Kristen Schaal's show, like way back when it was called Hot Tub. Yeah. And then it became Wyatt's and X show. It was Night Train. And now it's in the iteration of Butter Boy with us. Nice. And yeah. is it is it at the Bell House? It's at Littlefield. Oh, okay. Which is like kind of a sister venue, I guess. Oh, okay. Yeah. Awesome. I always just see I always see those tweets, and I'm like, oh, I wish I could go to that show tonight because it's always like you know, it's always a bunch of really good people. Yeah, yeah. I see yeah. that with New York shows. Like, I'm noticing that. I'm like lately, like, should I have moved to New York? When I panicked oh, no. half a year ago, it's too late now. I live here. I have a garage. <laughs> but I feel like LA has shows like that. Like I remember even before I moved to LA in DC, I would like, yeah, see like show posters from and be like, oh, what's it like? Yeah. To be yeah. On a show in Glendale. <laughs> yeah. <you know? laughs> in Glendale. There's plenty of parking. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Like, it does seem so exotic if you're outside of a scene to be like, wow. Now, did you guys do Zoom shows in, like, the, in quarantine? We did for a while. Like, our producer, Marianne Ways, she was, like, one of the first people to, like, immediately get a Zoom show going. And it was definitely interesting. I don't know if you guys did a lot of Zoom shows, but it's... I did. Very much its own thing. Yeah. <laughs> separate from comedy. Uh, it's separate yeah. from joy, the feeling of joy or <laughs> happiness. Yeah. I, it's like it's got its own little category right next to sucking really bad. Yeah. Uh, yeah but yeah, 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 it's different. It's different. <laughs> but it was like some people would come in and very much it was like they were just doing stand-up. Like they would have a whole setup. Some yeah. of them had a fake brick wall right. behind them. And then other people would be like, we're just going to talk to you because this is humiliating. Right. Yeah. And it, yeah. Uh, honestly, I will say it put me in the, a new habit with stand-up where I'm telling more stories and I'm not I used to be mm, mm-hmm. into one-liners and that's kind of not the way I'm thinking anymore and I think it's because of the last couple of years I'm just now realizing that yeah, yeah. which uh, you know everything happens for a reason it's the point God the Lord when he works <laughs> his Aww. ways are mysterious oh, oh. Chris stop. is doing the Bible part <laughs> you know yeah. I think it was first Corinthians just kidding. I don't know. Who told me? That's the I only love my friends. <laughs> hey, Jesus. <laughs> I love my Lord. <laughs> he He's loves, risen. He loves me. He's on a cross. He loves me. <laughs> oh, sorry. Visual. I, uh, yeah, oh, it's boy. also, I've realized, Aparna, you, my nieces, uh, your mannerisms, and you, you remind me of my nieces who are. Teenage. Oh, thank you. Yeah, yeah. They're I. They would like you a lot. I'll just say that. If you ever met my nieces, I would just kind of watch you guys interact because you. Uh, they remind me of you. Is what I'm saying. And uh, that actually makes me think. Have you guys ever had that where someone's like, "You remind me of another person," and then you are kind of disturbed. Oh no, yeah. Another it's, version it's a, of you in the world. It's a I compliment. Think, I wasn't saying. I yeah. wasn't saying that this was an example of that. Yeah, I yeah. Feel like Children are um, pure and faultless. Yeah, but I yeah. feel like when people are like, oh, my friend is just like you. Like, you yeah. would love each other. It makes you feel like yeah. 
you're a copy. Yeah, here he is next to his 18 wheeler. That's like, oh, great. That's <laughs> I always, um, at our live shows, sometimes we meet uh, people, like there'd be a meet and greet at the end. And every once in a while, <laughs> it would make me laugh so hard. Or sometimes it would just make me stand there. But there would be someone that would come up and go, I'm just like you. I'm a total bitch. No! <laughs> and then I'd just be like, awesome. That's great. <laughs> it's the thing where I knew what they were, I knew what they meant. What like, they meant. I knew what they were yeah. trying to do, which is basically say I relate to you. Yes. And I think everything is fucking bullshit and I'm not afraid to show it or whatever. But it's a totally different thing when I'm just like, there she is, the bitch. I relate to you. Or yeah, that like, word okay. is different for other people. It, it's like, <laughs> yeah, totally. yeah, it's uh, to me, it's always been a really bad word. But what they're telling you, it's like you don't put up with people and you let them know yes. that they can't overstep. <laughs> certain. It's an empowering version of it. But in my house, you can't say the B word. No, it's no, up there no, with no. the C word. It's well, you know what it is? It's just. I can call myself a bitch all the yeah. long, and I certainly will yeah, yeah. act like a bitch, but you're not allowed to say it. <laughs> right, right. You're yeah. not allowed to just high-five me and say it. But it's yeah. that, it is that kind of thing where I think it's learning that I'm not interested in other people's impression of me. It's just yeah. like, yeah, I don't, I don't want to know. It's hard enough. Yeah. Life is hard <laughs> enough. <laughs> <laughs> Without getting some honest, uh, you know, feedback that I didn't ask for. Right, right. Yeah, that's, that's funny because that reminds me in therapy where it's like sometimes I'll have like a low opinion of myself and my therapist will be like, talk to your, yourself the way a friend would talk to you. And I was like, I really don't want to see myself through other people's eyes either. That also sounds bad. <laughs> also bad. <laughs> Aparna, before we wrap up, yes. I want to know about this, the holiday comedy that's going to be on Comedy Central. It's like a caper movie about, I guess usually a holiday movie would be like Christmas, but it's Hindu holiday of Diwali. Well, it's called Hot Mess Holiday. It's right around the corner. It's coming out on the 11th. And it's great to see you. Yeah. And it's, it's so nice so to fun see you guys. to talk to you. Yeah. I mean, to really actually get to have a nice chat with you. It's very fun. I and know. I want to see you do stand up again. So arrange that. Oh, my gosh. Likewise <laughs> for everybody. Yeah. Yeah, me too. And I, I, I'm looking all. I'll come to New York and do your show. I've invited myself. How do you like that? Yeah, please. Come on through, please. We self would book. love to have That's you. That's a self-book yeah. right there. See, I just learned to ask for things. Yeah, you got to. I'll send you a tape. You didn't even ask. That's even more of a power move. Yeah, I'll yeah. be there. Hey, I'm going to be in town. I'll be in Philly in <laughs> yeah. uh, December. I'll just uh, scoot on down on a train. You know, I don't drive. <laughs> Uh, thank you for being on. You were great. Yes. Thanks, guys. Yeah. Thanks for having me. You've been listening to Do You Need a Ride? D-Y-N. A-R. This has been an Exactly Right production. Produced by Annalise Nelson. Engineered by Stephen Ray Morris. Mixed by Roy Tanaka. Theme song by Karen Kilgariff. Artwork by Chris Fairbanks. Follow the show on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Dynar Podcast. That's D-Y-N-A-R Podcast. For more information, go to exactlyrightmedia.com. Listen, subscribe, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you. And you're welcome. See, that was, and then you walk away from the accident. <laughs>